Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. Looks like uh, the next few days we're going to be starting maybe around 2-ish, maybe around 2.30. Who knows? It's been two days in a row now. I haven't got started off on time, but uh, had the Aviators on. They just lost to Albuquerque 15-9 to and uh, would have started the show about 2 o'clock. But they, uh, they were in a delay as they were in Albuquerque, and there was some kind of irrigation delay going on. And so they didn't get started until about 11.30 this morning. And so that made for a very long afternoon and uh, read, ran right into unnecessary roughness. So we're here now, 57 minutes later than we wanted to be, but here we are. We're locked and loaded. DeMond Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio after another day of training camp, day six and the first day of padded practice. And I'll tell you right now, um, it, I don't know if these players feel like it's the first day of school, but it almost felt like it had a first day of school type vibe to it. Uh, just knowing that there was pads out there and the guys were just a little bit more amped up. You can see that it meant a little bit more to some of the guys. Uh, not that anyone was out there not working hard, but you could just tell that in pads – it means more. You know, they know that it's real. It's football. They're actually able to go out there and get a little physical with guys. Now, they're not getting over-physical. They're not tackling to the ground, as we heard head coach Josh McDaniel say just the other day. They don't plan on doing that. I think today I counted maybe one or two times that guys actually hit the ground. I even saw one drill that happened, and these guys had a collision, uh, you know, a healthy collision, and one of the coaches came in and said, stay up, stay up, stay up, and they never went all the way down to the ground. So uh, they're definitely making an effort to stay up and not tackle to the ground in an effort to avoid injury. But it was good to see them out there and see them pretty physical uh, this afternoon and uh, look forward to more padded practices. And, you know, by this time tomorrow, next week, if that makes sense, basically next Thursday, uh, they'll be actually in a game. So you want to talk about a padded practice, they'll be in the game for the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio, going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the very first football game of the 2022 preseason. So that's going to go on next week. But uh, lots to talk about from today. Got a lot of good guests coming up on today's show. And even though we got started a little bit late, that's okay. Our guests are able to adjust and kind of keep their head on a swivel and help us out, and we definitely appreciate that. Uh, was supposed to come up at 2.30, but now he's going to join us at 3 o'clock. Is Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. He's on with Cofield and Company, so he'll give us his thoughts on what he saw from uh, the practice today. Uh, also talk about the special teams unit as we talked to Coach Tom McMahon today. We talked to A.J. Cole. We talked to Daniel Carlson. And we also talked to wide receiver Demarcus Robinson. It's so funny when you look at that lineup of people that they rolled out for us to talk to, and I realize Demarcus Robinson is also going to make way uh, on special teams. You know, you find a spot on the team, you're going to also have to compete on special teams. But it's so funny. I looked at all those, those guys and said, okay, special teams coach, punter, kicker, Wide receiver. So if I'm the wide receiver, I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. You're clubbing me in with the special teams, guys? But it was still cool to hear from all uh, all four of those guys. Uh, again, Tom McMahon, the special teams coach, uh, A.J. Cole, the punter, Daniel Carlson, the kicker, and then wide receiver Demarcus Robinson. So uh, got some good stuff to come back from that. So we'll talk, we'll talk to Adam Hill about the special teams unit because that's a unit that he – it's almost like his specialty. He, uh, he really pays attention to special teams a lot. 
uh, and the the kicking unit. And I'll tell you what, AJ Cole, he pretty much uh, he pretty much held court today. Uh, they had him in conversation for a very long time. Uh, I was really surprised how long we talked to AJ Cole in the media session, but he started talking about his hair, started talking about Daniel Carlson's hair, started talking about all kind of different things. And AJ Cole just got on a roll and kept going and kept going and kept going. So uh, it was it was like he was the he was the media darling today that won AJ Cole. So we'll talk to Adam Hill, all things uh, special teams unit and everything he saw today from practice. Then coming up. At 3.30, Evan Washburn from CBS Sports. He does the sideline reporting for CBS Sports. He's usually on the call with Ian Eagle and also Charles Davis. We've had Charles Davis on the show many times as he's been on the call and was on the call a lot throughout the course of the 2021 season, calling Raider games right here in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. So Evan Washburn, who I talked to a few times last uh, last year, I actually got to spend some extensive time with today at practice. Talked to him probably about 15 or 20 minutes, and he was giving me and dropping some really good nuggets about this coaching staff and Josh Daniels in particular and what he knows about him and you know as a matter of fact and I found it to be really really interesting so we're gonna have Evan Washburn join the show coming up at 3 30 to talk about in particular he'll talk about what he saw at practice today but it really really gonna focus in on the coaching staff and how they make adjustments and what they do really well and how the fact that they understand what they don't do really well and don't under and understand what the other teams don't do really well so uh, you know we talk about it all the time about how some coaches try to force a team to do something because they want to do it. Well, the one thing that Evan was telling me about Josh McDaniels is when they recognize, okay, hey, we don't do this well, guess what? They're not going to try to do that. They're going to realize, okay, we can't do this. That's fine. We'll do something else. We'll, we'll focus in on what we do really well. And the thing about it is, and we've heard about Josh McDaniels' system so many times, right? We've heard about how, how – how thick his playbook is and, and you know, how, how complex his, his playbook is. But the thing is, and this is something that Evan, you know, talked to me about at practice today, and he'll, he'll join us at 3.30 to talk about it. He said, yeah, it's a, it's a complex playbook, but the thing is, it's, a very, it's, it's simplistic. And then they build it off of the simple, the simple you know, routes, the simple schemes. There's, it's, it's, very, it's simple, but then they have complex units based off of it. So if you understand what you do really well, then you can build off of that. And that's what makes it more complex and, and more you know, a, of a thicker playbook. So it was a lot of good stuff, a lot of good nuggets that he was dropping. Uh, so we'll talk to him coming up at 3.30. And then Vinny Bonsignor, he'll join us at 4 o'clock to talk about what he saw as well. Of course, he's from the RJ and the Morning Tailgate right here on Radio Nation Radio. 920. But right now, joining us on the phone lines is a very patient Adam Hill from the RJ, also on our sister station. He's not ready? What? Oh. Well, why'd you come on and say it? I thought you said he was ready. Oh, why you why you whispering, man? We're on the radio. Why are you whispering? <laughs> That's the down-the-line voice. Oh, well, I mean, you ain't got to whisper, man. Just, you know, put some bass in your voice and talk to talk to me, man. That's the down the line voice. Well, you know what? Um, so what happened with Adam? Let's let me start there. Okay, Adam, I said I'm calling you at three o'clock exactly. I call yeah. him. He says, "Give me 45 seconds." Okay. I call him again after 45 seconds. Straight to voicemail. Maybe he needed longer than the 45 seconds that he said get to me. So I was like, "Oh, we can just get Passionate Raider on instead." Okay. Well, Adam Hill will join us in 45 more seconds. But Passionate Raider, you're up first. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. All right, all right, all right, all right. He's got, he's got. What is going on today, man? I, man, making me look bad. Everybody's making me look bad. It sounded like there was like Judge Judy on in the background, or something going on in the background, or CNN, or something. I'm, yeah. 
All right, well, we'll reset this. So Adam Hill at, well, in a few minutes. Evan Washburn from CBS Sports coming up at 3.30. And then Vinny Bonsignor will close out our guest lineup coming up at 4 o'clock. I'm expecting to hear from head coach, or not head coach, uh, special teams coach Tom McMahon at 4.30. I want to really play that, uh, that media session that we had with him because there's been a lot of questions about special teams and uh, how he was going to help take this take this team and take A.J. Cole and Daniel Carlson, what he was going to do with them. Because, look, he hasn't had a, a, a great track record when he was in Denver, but when he was with the Colts, he did really well. I mean, if you remember, he had Adam Vinatieri and Pat McAfee. Those were two really good punters and kickers in, in, in their own guard, in, in their own regards, right? So uh, he had that. So I, I could really appreciate the, the media session that we had with Coach McMahon today. So I want to play that, and we'll do that at 4.30. Now, I'm trying to figure out what DeMond's got. you got two thumbs up. So does that mean Adam is ready? That means Adam is ready. Okay, here we go. Now we're off to now we're off to a regular start. Here we go. Join us on the phone lines is our guy Adam Hill from the RJ and also our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. And Adam, thanks for your patience this afternoon. I do appreciate you. It's been a weird, crazy day. Uh, first padded practice, man. What uh, what were your thoughts on the first padded practice? Did it look like the the guys were in a little bit more spirit, going a little bit faster? Well, we had the goal line drill, so that was fun. Uh, we got to hear how all that contact went from the punter and the kicker. Uh, that was fun. Uh, let me let me just address because I was listening to the show. Uh, Devon called me. I probably misspoke when I said forty five seconds. Literally, I was just trying to connect my Bluetooth to the car. That's it. <laughs> uh, and then it was. It, I felt like way longer than forty five seconds. So then I tried to call back into him right when he was calling me. It was a, it was a mess. But we're good now. And uh, I know Vinny's coming on soon. He was literally at the stoplight next to me while this was happening. So. <laughs> What a mess! What an and and then we're thirty <laughs> minutes late because of the aviators. So why not, I right? But it's, it's my fault. It's my fault, not the mods. I told him forty-five. I probably only needed ten seconds. I just needed to connect my Bluetooth. We're good though. That's good. Well, the good thing out of all this, and I feel great about, is that you're connected by Bluetooth and you're driving safely. Exactly, exactly. I don't want to be a menace on the roads. I'm good. Exactly. That's the biggest key right there. So, uh, you know, we've heard a lot about Lester Cotton. We heard, and matter of fact, you're, that's your guy, as a matter of fact. Yeah. You started yeah. talking about Lester Cotton last year, you know, last uh, training camp. So uh, the pads go on today. I saw Lester Cotton running a lap, so that meant that he did something that wasn't good. You know, there was a lot of guys, or not a lot of guys. There was probably five, six guys I saw running laps today. But uh, what, what do you think about Lester Cotton now that the pads have come on? Look, I'm not trying to jinx it. You're, you're right. It's my guy. It's, and, and I'll go back and, and say again, it's one of those things where you just don't know what it's going to be like on the field. You don't know what coaches are looking for. You don't know what they're seeing in the, in the video room, all of that. My you know, screaming and yelling about Lester Cotton last year was every time there'd be an offensive line drill, he would win the drill. He'd be the best offensive lineman in the drill. But drills aren't everything, right? And right. There, there is still a learning process. There's still a, a figuring out. There's fitting within the system. There's understanding your assignment. All of those things are very important. I just thought the physical nature of his play, the, the his footwork, his hands, everything was just so good that you would you would hope that at some point everything else catches up. And it sounds like that's what it's, that's what's happening. He's finding some more consistency. He's he's just you know on a play to play basis. The coaches seem to be happier, and I think that's why he's taking a lot of first team reps now. Uh, now it's a long way to go until. You know, even the first preseason game next week, but a really long time to go until the first game, and we'll see what happens and who's out there. But right now it looks like he does have a pretty good shot 
uh, at that starting role at the at the right guard position, which I think would be very interesting. Yeah, no, it would definitely be very interesting. He was taking reps there, uh, as you said, on the first team today at that right guard spot. I've noticed that a bunch of players, and we've asked a bunch of players about him, they all seem pretty high on him. I'm not saying they're over the moon and saying that he's definitely going to be that guy because, well, they're not going to say that. But they do sound like they're you know pretty positive, pretty high on Lester Cotton. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any question. I think it's probably the same thing that I'm like – he does stand out in drills, and I'm sure other players see that. The defensive line sees it. The other offensive linemen see it. He looks really, really good in those drills. And, again, that's not everything, right. and I'm sure the rest of the stuff's catching up. But this coaching staff seems to have right away looked at him and said, hey, this is a guy that could probably get the job done. So I think there should be reason for optimism. And, you know, I'm sure that you've heard me screaming about another player, and a lot of people are now on board with this. And I'll give credit also. Case Keeper from the Sun was with me. Uh, from the beginning of this, but Tyron Johnson looks awesome at wide receiver. Yep. And I think it's a very similar case. The reason that I bring him up right now is I think it's similar. He's a guy that he has unbelievable speed. Everybody's known that at every stop he's been at. There's no question. He, he's Everything you want a receiver to do in practice, he does. But I think really interestingly, you heard Josh McDaniels the other day when I asked him about Johnson, he said – all the other things are catching up to that physical ability. And it's that consistency in the, you know, you take it from the film room to the field to every day in practice and finding a way to not just make a highlight reel catch, but to make all the simple plays that lead up to that highlight reel catch and then to translate that, you know, into the meeting room, into the study, and all those other things. It sounds and, you know, he's kind of putting that to good use right now. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, hell, everyone's talking about T. Billy. There's folks that ain't even at practice that are talking about how, how much he's shining right now in practice. So there's that. <laughs> I don't – Yeah. I don't <laughs> it, and it's not just – like, I know that, you know, on the field the last couple of days it's really standing out. And, you know, now that we're asking questions about him, I think a lot of people are kind of catching on to that name. Uh, there's always those names. I mean, if if Hard Knocks was going on right now, he would be Keelan Doss. Yeah. Uh, yep. from the hard knock, but, but I think it goes back further. I mean, I think you saw it in some of the off-season drills. You know, you would look out on the field, and there's this guy wearing number one. That just, every single day you said, oh, what is that guy? That guy is making plays. Who is that guy? And you know, he was around last year, but he's really taken it to a different level. He really is, and he has an opportunity. And, and you know, that's one of the questions that we have. You know, is it going to be Demarcus Robinson? Is it going to be uh, Keelan Cole? Matt Collins, I think, makes the team, no doubt, doubt about it, because yeah, of his yeah. special teams unit. But, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be those questions, and all those guys, I think, have an opportunity to kind of solidify themselves uh, on this team. So there, there's a long way to go before it gets to the end, though. Again, we're talking with Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal, also our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. Now, you mentioned the goal line drills that we saw. We saw running backs, cornerbacks, safeties going up against each other. Uh, what did you think about those drills, and, and did anybody stand out to you? It was tough. I mean, look, uh, we they did that thing again where they circled around the goal line drill, so yep. it kind of like peer in. Uh, it sounded like uh, from the hit and from the reaction that Denzel Perriman forced a fumble in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it sounded like. And, look, is that surprising to anybody that first day of pads, Denzel Perriman's going to pop somebody? Like, <laughs> that was that was like the free space on the bingo card today uh, at training camp. So uh, not not really too surprising. But I think it's just one of those, hey, that was a, a fun drill for them to kind of, you know, at the end of practice. We heard Colt Miller yesterday kind of promote this a little bit and say, ah, I heard we're doing some goal line first day yeah. in pads. That'll be fun. So, I mean, the players get excited about that. They like to hit. Um, I don't know how much you can take from, I think they ran like five plays on the goal line, something like that. 
but it was just kind of a reward, I think, let them get, get some pops in, and uh, those guys enjoyed it. I thought another drill they were doing is just basically a uh, wide receiver on, like, a safety. Yeah. Uh, and they got the block, and uh, running back had to make a read on which way they were blocking, and it was just kind of a one-on-one blocking drill. That was, that was a pretty fun drill as well. Yeah, I like that drill a lot. I was actually standing right there in front of it and saw Hunter Renfro make a nice little block. Uh, and then it's the thing about it, what I saw is when the block wasn't the way it was supposed to go or maybe the running back didn't follow the block like he was supposed to, Josh McDaniels would go over to him immediately and say, hey, this is how you're supposed to do it, cut up. But they, they went with some pretty good tempo. That's something that I've, I've noticed from this training camp. And maybe I'm, you know, I don't remember last year's correctly, but it feels like they're going a lot more tempo than they did a season ago. Yeah, and I think that was part of what they were stressing. It's part of what they wanted to do uh, in the OTAs. Not that not that it's anything unique, but mm-hmm. I, I think you're right, is that they've scheduled these uh, these sessions so meticulously. Uh, they're moving from one thing to the next, but they're also getting a lot of work done in those drills. And what they wanted to do was have everything installed over the, the course of the OTAs and the minicamps so they could just hit the ground running and move quickly from drill to drill and from session to session here in these practices. And I think... They're, that's part of why I think Josh McDaniels is pleased so far with the camp. I mean, you're never going to get everything you want in. You're never going to be perfect. But I think he's been pleased with how much they're able to do because the knowledge is there, the pace is there that they want to go at. Talking right now with Adam Hill here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, you're a special teams dude. I know you're paying attention to A.J. Cole. You're paying attention to Daniel Carlson. You're seeing what these guys are doing. Uh, we talked to McMahon, Cole, Carlson. We talked to all of them following practice. Uh, what have you thought so far of the, of the special teams unit, even though it's not a whole lot we could take away from what we've seen? No, but uh, I, uh, we learned today that A.J. Cole doesn't believe in peaking too soon. That was my, my question to him because he's looked so good in practice so far. Which, listen, not surprising. He's a Pro Bowl punter, uh, maybe among the best uh, in the entire league, which I think you can certainly make that case. And so is Carlson. But uh, AJ Cole's been murdering the ball. And I, I kind of half jokingly only asked him, you know, is there such thing as peaking too soon? Like you're crushing the ball right now. What is there to build up to? And he just said, you know, you continue to work on things like directional punting. And uh, he doesn't believe, he believes when you peak, you can find a new peak and go to a higher level. Uh, that's been impressive. Dodo Carlson got to work with some wind the other day. He's been great every day except for Sunday. I think he missed a few kicks. Yeah, um, that that was wind kicking up, and he was it was like fifty five, and it was nasty out there. Uh, and I think that was kind of just helpful to work uh, work in those conditions, even though it's going to be brutal and almost impossible to make a kick. Uh, kind of get to, get to get that work in and get practice a little bit. And uh, you know, Tom McMahon is uh, an interesting dude. Obviously, been a, a special teams coach for a long time. This is similar to the situation he stepped in when he had his most success which is in Indianapolis, when he stepped in and had a veteran kicker and a veteran punter that were both among the best in the league. Almost the exact same scenario that he walks into here. So I think it makes a lot of sense for him to kind of step into here. And I I missed it during his his interview today. But when I listened back and transcribed it, uh, I'm trying to remember the quote exactly, but I asked him what kind of players he's looking for on the special teams unit. Obviously he knows the kicker, the punter, the the long snapper. But what are you looking for? And he just said workers. Right. he said Workers in winning both start, both start with, w with W for a reason. Yep. Yeah, for a reason. Yeah, yep. I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a cliche. It's an old. I haven't heard it before, uh, but it makes a ton of sense, and it's an obvious thing. But uh, clearly, he just wants guys that are going to work hard. And uh, he talked about kind of the leverage uh, that you win with on the outside and on special teams. And uh, obviously, you know, uh, every every coach talks about that. But uh, just kind of interesting to hear his thoughts on who he wants to kind of assemble on those uh, return units. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. I thought workers that uh, and, and winning starts with a W for a reason. That stood out to me as well. I, and it's funny, I kind of looked over at Will, Will Kiss, who was standing there with them, and even Will kind of looked up and, and glanced at him. So that caught his attention too. So shout out to Will, uh, who also well, starts I, with a W. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I, I think I think I missed it because everybody knows my obsession with when it's AJ Cole interview day. Uh, I I just get so excited because you never know what you're going to hear, and I loved all the all the new people in the media room today. That were wow, that AJ Cole is really good. Yeah, yeah pay attention. Yeah, he's been good. He's been good since he got here. He's he's the best at the uh, at the podium. It's awesome. So uh, fun to see him again today. And uh, obviously the uh, you know he had jokes like he always does. Right. All right, Adam. So since you're going to mention those jokes, what was the best part, the biggest takeaway from A.J. Cole today in his press conference? Because I wanted to say it was the, the special teams unit, him, Trent Seag, and Daniel Carlson, that they're morphing into one. They're just going to be Ugh. one person because they're so symbiotic, as he said. So what was your biggest takeaway from A.J. Cole today? Uh, that was solid, but I've kind of heard that from him before. Um, I, went, I would say my favorite part of the A.J. Cole uh, availability was – that he just completely buried Mac Hollins. Uh, I think he was talking about Collins. I'd have to go back and listen again. But he said they were all discussing, uh, would you rather live in an apartment that's yeah. free of rodents and, and pests or in a mansion that's full of rattlesnakes? And I think he said Mac Hollins picked a mansion full of rattlesnakes, and A.J. Cole was just disgusted by that answer. Right. And I think he's right. I think you pick, I think you pick apartment over mansion with rattlesnakes. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, he said he said I'm I'm claiming cap on that, and he said that uh, Matt Collins is just saying that just to try to get attention. But yeah, uh, he he came he came pretty pretty hard with that one. I agree. I, I don't want to be anywhere with a rattlesnake. Hell, I don't want to be outside with a rattlesnake, let alone inside no. with a rattlesnake. No, those, so. those are the great questions. You always get those with AJ Cole. Also, uh, I think he was misspeaking, but um, the the old game of would you rather fight an alligator on land or a lion in water? That's a good one too. So who are you taking? Yeah, who are you taking? I don't. I haven't heard it with a lion. I've heard it with other creatures. I think you go alligator on land. Can't you just can't you just wait it out until they they die? I've seen a video of the guy like he smacked the alligator on land with a frying pan and he went back into the water. Who has a frying pan in the wild? I'm just, I just, I just in Florida they got it all. So you give me at least one good weapon, I think I could take him. I mean, obviously, I don't want to fight either, but the alligator, even on land, would they, they can smack you with that tail. That's brutal. Right. But I think a, a lion kills you even in water. I, I think you might have a better chance on the alligator on land. I think you have a better opportunity to say, I'm out of here, man. Y'all deal with this. <laughs> My name is Bennett, and I ain't in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think they'll both, they'll, both creatures would catch you, I think. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna be like that Red Bull commercial. You know what I mean? Like, hey, <laughs> Red Bull makes gives me wings. Well, it ain't gonna make you get out of here. Hey, all I gotta do is be faster than you, right? That's all that matters. Look, he can only take one of us out. He's gonna take you out. All I gotta do is beat you running. I'm. Hey, I have no loyalty when it comes to something like that. I'm out of here. So I think you. I think you're missing the spirit of the competition. No, no. I'm. I'm hey, the competition is survival, brother. <laughs> That's the spirit of the competition is survival. I will find a way to survive. So there you go. Let me ask you this. Before we wrap this thing up, Adam, we do appreciate you. Is there a guy? Well, actually, let me ask you this. Clee Furrow, we saw him leave the field today, and he he was a little banged up, and he never returned. What are your thoughts on that? And uh, is he a guy that you might be or he might be on the outside looking in when this is all said and done? I mean, I think it's very possible, and it was it was the first thought. Not that – I'm not saying there's anything serious that happened to Cleef Earl. I'm just saying, as you see him kind of walk off, 
and you don't know what the extent of the injury is. And he did walk off on his own power. Yep. We should be clear about that. But as he's walking off, you just get that sense in your mind, right? And I don't know if you felt the same way, but um, without knowing what the injury is, he could be back tomorrow. I mean, right. we, we don't know. But you just start thinking, like, oh, man, this poor guy has to have a good camp. This is not an administration that's tied to him. They didn't draft him. They don't have to, you know, don't feel like they have to prove anything by keeping him like maybe they did in the past. And you just feel like, man, I hope that he at least is healthy enough to give it a good run, right? It, right. Like, his, his, he doesn't, his run here doesn't end just because he got hurt in training camp and wasn't able to prove himself. So hopefully he gets back on the field. But, yeah, I think he's absolutely fighting for a roster spot. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. It's going to kind of be the theme of the show today as we get things going. But, uh, Adam, thank you so much, man. Great stuff. What do you got coming out on the RJ? What are you writing that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, I don't even remember what I wrote. Oh, I wrote about the uh, the Aaron Rodgers joke today, which I oh, thought yeah. was very, very good. Uh, and, you know, stuff coming out throughout the week every day. We got notes from out of practice and uh, keep trying to keep you up to date on what, what's going on out there. Well, we'll see you bright and early in the morning. Josh McDaniels talks at 745, oh, yeah. and I know you'll be there, so I'll, I'll see you there, brother. Don't remind me. <laughs> right on, man. Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. And, yeah, we'll be out there bright and early tomorrow morning as head coach Josh McDaniels will be meeting with the media at 745. So Adam's probably not going to go to sleep at all. He's just going to roll straight in to, uh, to the media session and media room, and uh, we'll start talking to the head coach. 321 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll get to some of your calls and texts. And then we have Evan Washburn from CBS Sports. He's going to join the show to talk about the Raiders coaching staff and what he saw from practice today. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Yeah, we ready. We ready. Now I'm excited. We, we finally get to go pop. Um, we get to go compete. Uh, you know, now we get to, you know, feel the bull rush, get to run off the ball in the run game. Um, it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Left tackle Colton Miller right there you just heard from. That was in response to my question about pads coming on today. We asked him that yesterday. I asked him that yesterday, and he, he got excited. He was pretty fired up about the opportunity to put the pads on, do some popping, and he's the one who told us that there was going to be a little goal line activity going on. Again, this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 9. 26 is the time. Coming up in a few minutes, Evan Washburn from CBSSports.com will join the show. He does a lot of sideline reporting. He's been at plenty of Raider games. He's on the call with Ian Eagle and also uh, uh, Charles Davis, who's been on the show many times as well. So he dropped a bunch of nuggets about the Raider coaching staff. So really deep dive into this Raiders coaching staff coming up at 3.30 with Evan. Got off to a late start today because of Aviator Baseball as they lost to Albuquerque 15-9. And we are the home of the Aviators. And the thing about it is I love to support all the teams that we have here locally, and we have so many. I mean, think about this. The Raiders, obviously, the Golden Knights, the Aces. NBA G League, we have Ignite, uh, we have the Silver Knights, we have a AAA Aviators team, we have the NLL, the Desert Dogs, we, uh, we talked to the lacrosse team, the Nighthawks, the Indoor Football League, uh, the Soccer League, the, we got the Lights, and then we got the XFL that we just talked to Rod Whitson about. I mean, we have all that <laughs> on a professional level. Right, And that has nothing to do with anything lower level like college and summer league and all this other stuff that's got, that goes on, all these different tournaments that we have coming here. I mean, it's just incredible. So uh, the market and just this area is just booming when it comes to sports, and we love it. So shout-out to the Aviators, even though if they're going to make our show come on the air a little bit late, at least win the game. So I'm going to say, at least win the game. I know, I know one guy who wanted to, to, to get rid of the Aviator game and, uh, and get right to some Raider football, and that's my guy, Passionate Raider. He's up first. Passionate Raider, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. 
Man, what's up, Q? What's up, Jamal? Sorry about that, man. I think I must have been in between the Bluetooth switching over when you <laughs> called me up the first time, man. It's all good. I didn't even hear it. I didn't even hear it. I'm sitting there waiting. I'm like, okay, man, but man, today was a, uh, today was like a, I just had a weird feeling all day today, man. Like, I'm super excited for training camp to start, but then in the back, every year you always hear some, someone get hurt in training camp out for the year with the knee, man, and I'm just like, I'm just like got my fingers crossed all day long, just like like man, just praying nobody serious gets hurt, man. Right. No one. And then we hear about Cleveland, man. You know, wish him well, man. He's always been a good good team player. Never no never no outside noise or nothing, man. But it is what it is. He'll follow line. Hopefully, it's with us. But I've, I'm just questioning, man. I'm just curious and question about the DB. You know, like Vinny said today that he has never seen a, in all of his years of looking at practice one of the best defensive back practices he's seen because that has been our weak spot for so many years. But then when we think about who they have to go against and practice all the time now, I mean, man, that that that, that just makes me like super stoked that our DBs are going to okay. actually come out because we never get interceptions. How many we had last year? Like six? Right. I mean, man, to finally come out and have some DBs, there's going to be some shutdowns. Let's get it, man. I'm just praying that nobody gets hurt, man. Paz was on today. What do you think about Abrams, though? Do you, you, do you think Abrams, I, I've, I've been seeing some things about money numbers and whatnot and hearing he's getting burnt practice. And I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. Do you think Abrams stays with us for a while or do you think he might be a, 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 a pre, pre, pre- Like a camp pre- casualty? Okay, hey, I'll, I'll get to that. Thank you for the call, Passionate. We do appreciate you. I'll get to that. I'll write that down in my notes. But right now on the phone lines is uh, we're pleased to have is Evan Washburn from CBS Sports. Uh, talk to Evan a lot at camp today, and I definitely appreciate your time this afternoon, Evan. And uh, we'll start with uh, Max Crosby. I saw the feature that you did with him today following practice. No shirt, no shoes, but all balls. So how, how was your experience with Max Crosby this afternoon? No, it was great. Uh, it always is. I, I always appreciate guys that are comfortable in their own skin, and in that case, literally in his <laughs> own skin. And um, and he, he brings an energy and an authenticity that's refreshing, um, especially when you're talking to a lot of athletes and coaches over the years, and, and for good reason. Some guys just aren't comfortable or more guarded, and, and Max is, is anything but that. So it was a blast. You know, and he's a guy that I look at, Evan, and I feel like his ceiling is still really high. How much better do you think Max Crosby can be? I'm with you. I think there's there's so much more ability um, to to kind of harness, and he has the energy, he has the physical gifts, he has the determination in the way that he's taking care of his body and just investing in the work. And then with that comes the skill development, and you hear it, really at any position, but I'm sure as much as any at that pass rush position, the game starts to slow down and you're more of a technician and you can be creative in, in how you do things. And he's got a great uh, mentor, somebody to look to. It was one of the things he mentioned when we spoke today with Chandler Jones and his his work as a, uh, as a strip sack artist and something that Max really wants to try to add to his game and the ability to not just sack guys, but take that ball away, create turnovers and and the other piece I would say, too, is just kind of harnessing that energy and, and not allowing it to ever be a detriment to the team because at times he gets so wound up in games that we saw last year, you know, he gets some roughing the passers and things like that. And I think if he eliminate those mistakes, then he becomes even that much more dangerous. 
talking right now with Evan Washburn here on ESPN on Unnecessary Roughness. Excuse me, Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Uh, Evan is from CBS Sports. He's done a lot of sideline reporting here in Las Vegas and uh, on the call with Ian Eagle and also Charles Davis, who's been on the show many times as well. Uh, you heard Passionate Raider when before before we went to you. You heard him on the on the show talking about the secondary and his concerns with the secondary. That was something that me and you talked about on the sideline while we were watching practice and. The fact that there's just nobody that stands out as a dude, as a guy who's been there, done that. Uh, how concerned should Raider Nation be about the secondary? Well, I mean, I think if you have to pick concerns, it would be uh, near the top of the list, maybe behind the offensive line and, and the uncertainty there. But as we as we discussed, and I think is is valid, you got to allow these guys to have the opportunity to make the mistake and to prove that they can't do it. Because right now we don't know that. You, you're right. We have uh, the, the Raiders have players that have gotten you know, minimal action or have been maybe the second or third guy in a secondary uh, or maybe in their second year uh, in the league in some cases, and they just don't have the equity built up. Well, you have to allow them to, to try and build that equity, but the microscope will be on that unit, and especially in an NFL that's now obviously a passing league, but in this division where you're going to be challenged uh, by some elite-level quarterbacks and and with certain teams, some elite-level pass catchers. So I think you're going to know pretty quick as a, as a Raiders fan if this secondary is a concern because right now it's more of a discussion as opposed to reality. And one of the things that you pointed out to me is that head coach Josh McDaniels recognizes what he is, what he has, what they can do. And he also recognizes what they can't do and how important that is. Uh, just kind of elaborate on what you mean by that and, and how head coach Josh McDaniels really uses that to his advantage. Well, I just think in, in my time, obviously covering the New England Patriots, when Josh was such a you know important piece of what they did offensively in building out game plans and really had ownership in a lot of ways alongside Tom Brady for, for a number of seasons, we often heard, hey, they're game plan specific, which is true. But to take that a, a, a step deeper, it's acknowledging where you're deficient, whether it be because of injury, personnel, roster management, um, and then identifying that, and then also identifying, okay, here's where we're strong. Here's what we can do. But, I mean, the Patriots are so good offensively early in the season, sort of shelving things and saying, like, well, let's not spend time doing that because we just don't do that well right now. We're going to continue to work on it. That's what practice is for, and they practice really hard during the week, even in season. But they don't try and spin their wheels on things they can't do. And then, conversely, they look at their opponent and see where they're vulnerable and try and match it. So, it sounds incredibly basic, and it is on the surface, and then obviously the mechanics of scheme and how to run the plays and when to run the plays, all those things are things that are above you know, my head. But <laughs> I always thought that, that that made so much sense, and I don't think it's, it's a commonality necessarily as much as it should be across the league. I know we were only out there for you know one practice, and you were out there, and I know that you've got other travels and other teams to go check out, but I felt like there's not only a lot of coaching going on out there, but a lot of teaching. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and, and, and speaking to Josh after practice, just off camera, kind of catching up, that was one of the things that he said. I mean, I, I just kind of asked him, what's your focus right now? And it, it really is just teaching technique and the way they want to do things, and and making sure that they have an attention to detail and, and getting the, the simple, and that's probably not the right term, but the, the, the basics 100% locked in and clean and then build on that because 
you may want to do all these fancy things, but if you don't do the most basic part, which I imagine is you know, blocking, tackling, being in the right place, knowing the right read, then all that stuff's for naught. And um, it's it's the saying, too, that, you know, the lifeblood to now this program and has been, uh, at least in New England, I know, is you have to learn how to not lose before you can learn how to win. And I, I think that they're they're going through that process right now. Evan Washburn is our guest right now on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man demond has got one for you. Yeah, Evan, you mentioned just right there that you have to learn how to not lose before you learn how to win. And one of the big things that we've been hearing around here in Vegas around training camp is accountability. Players are taking laps when they make a mistake. So just what are some of those principles that Josh McDaniels is bringing over from New England that are carrying over here in Vegas? Well, it starts, I mean, with valuing the football. I mean, he mentioned to me, I think it was five fumbles today, first day in pads. Those things are going to happen, but that's just, you can't have that. Thankfully, it's for their sake. It's, it's late July, and there's plenty of time to clean those things up. But if you turn the ball over in the NFL, you're not going to win games in a consistent, consistent way. I mean, you look in New England, where Josh was before, they were often near the top or bottom, however you look at it, in turnover margin. I mean, that, that's just, that's kind of, that was priority number one and, and, and often is with good teams. So I think you start there and then just the attention to detail and always being where you want to be and being trustworthy and consistent. I mean, that's what you would hear often from Tom, but you have to think it, it kind of, it, it spreads from Josh to you know, Belichick. And, and again, these are, Things that other teams employ, it's not specific to just trying to translate New England to here in Las Vegas, but th- their level of you have to, we have to trust that you're going to do the right thing and do what we ask you to do, to me always felt uh, a tick higher. And I, I feel like that's something that he and the staff are going to try and bring and have be a real core principle in Las Vegas. We have to know that you're going to do what you're supposed to do play in and play out and, and not freelance and not try and go do your own thing, even if at times your talent might um, kind of lend you to, to think you should or could do that. One of the big criticisms that we heard of the previous regime was their lack of being able to adjust and adjust on the fly and adjust quickly, go into the locker room, come out and be different. How quickly from your covering of the Patriots and Josh McDaniels are they able to adjust? Extremely quick. Uh, and look, that's two, that's a two way street because the coaches have to have the acumen to be able to survey what's happening quickly on the field via the iPad or the tablet or the printouts or just watching the game as it unfolds in the booth and on the field. So they can have all the answers, but if the players aren't able to, uh, intellectually and schematically and, and sort of physically make those changes on the fly, then it really doesn't matter if you have all the answers. And that's what always struck me both offensively, but also I mean, it, those thoughts into the next series. So it's constant. Um, so it, 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 and I've heard this and you guys can probably speak to it better than I have, but they seem to have as part of this roster reshuffling brought in a lot of highly intellectual and, and, you know, thoughtful players that are capable of doing that because it's challenging mentally. 
Right. No, it really is, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how that, that translates from coach to player on the field and in real time. But uh, that's obviously a, a little ways away as they're just getting started with pads in training camp. Again, we're talking with Evan Washburn here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We talked about Devontae Adams as well and what he brings to the table. The Chiefs lose Tyreek Hill. He's a difference maker. He's a guy that wrecks games, and that's something that you pointed out. Like, how does this guy wreck games even without touching the ball? Devontae Adams has that same ability. How big is it for the rest? of the team that number 17 is out there? Well, it's the trickle-down effect, right? So he's shown over the course of, especially the last few years, as he's kind of been deemed the best receiver in football, to be able to make an impact consistently in games when he's the top priority of a defense. And he was doing that in Green Bay with the Hall of Fame quarterback, but the pieces around him were not to the level of a Darren Waller. And, and honestly, what Hunter Refro has proven to be able to do here the last couple of years especially last season so I think about it in a lot of ways I mean what it's going to mean for Derek Carr to have that security blanket of a player that he knows he can trust to get open even when he's the focus of a defense but more so what it does for Waller streaking down the middle of the field or all the way outside you know at the x position and then Renfro as a slot and then Josh Jacobs coming out of the backfield or Kenyon Drake or whoever it might be so it's kind of that that two, you, you pay for the player that he is when he has the ball in his hands, but you also pay for what he does for the rest of the guys on that offense just as a, as a decoy distraction for defenses. Because that's what Tyreek Hill was when you would talk to opposing coaches, coaching staff, defensive coordinators. It's, we have to spend so much time on Tyreek that we sometimes have to play out of character, and, and I imagine some of that will exist for teams facing Adams in this Raiders offense. Right. No, it really will. You know, and you mentioned uh, being part of the Baltimore Ravens, their broadcast uh, you know, team. Uh, Anthony Averett, he comes over from the Ravens, and he's got an opportunity. He was forced into action last season because of injuries. Uh, what do you think the Raiders are getting in Averett? Well, yeah, he, he played some. He always kind of – he would flash. He had moments. I, I, I lean more to what I heard from the staff and, like, Don Wink Martindale, who's the defensive coordinator now and with the Giants and was with Baltimore for a number of years. He raved about Averitt, and I mean, he's been around some of the best to ever do it, and, and he called him, I think, last year, maybe even described him as a pro bowler in one of our meetings for a potential pro bowler in one of our meetings uh, ahead of a preseason game. So, look, I, I defer to some of those guys. He's, he falls into that category of our discussion earlier where he doesn't have the equity uh, to have the trust of a fan base or those of us that maybe don't know exactly what to look for when guys are out there on the practice field, um, limited tape, if you will, in big moments and making big plays. But from those that do know, they say that all the skill, physical, mental is there to, to do those things. So I think that has to be the hope if you're a Raiders fan. Yeah, Evan, earlier you mentioned about the turnover margin and how that was very important for the Patriots teams. Well, the Raiders, they didn't create a lot of turnovers last season. So is there anything maybe that they can take from Patrick Graham's time in in New, in New York or the Belichick-led New England teams to try to teach these pl- players how to create more turnovers? It's a tough thing because you think, okay, everybody wants to turn the ball over. But I, I, I have, and it's more player-specific, but it, it does trickle or kind of spread itself through a unit. You can teach a mentality, and, and Max was discussing it today when we were catching up after practice, it, you know, if everybody, it's it's an effort thing. If everybody's running to the ball, if that first guy's there to wrap, and then the second guy's there punching. If if your DBs and your your linebackers can get 
comfortable tackling where they're tackling the ball at times and not necessarily going for the big hit. I mean, I think of a guy in, in Baltimore, Marlon Humphrey, who I've you know talked to a number of times about just I mean the art of it, and it's an everyday thing, guys. I mean, he's almost broke his hand at times in practice because he's just constantly punching and punching every tackle, but it pays off. I mean, it's like anything else. It's reps. So I think interceptions i can't speak to that i mean i'm sure some of it's schemes some of it's what an offense is doing like i don't know how you 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 get more interceptions but i do know that effort and you know trying to constantly rip that ball out Darius leonard i guess shaquille leonard now for the colts <laughs> is another guy yeah i mean it, it's something they just work on every day so if you're watching practice and you're seeing guys doing that um then i think that that's that's a good thing if, you're, if there's multiple bodies around the ball and someone's always punching at it. Uh, those things usually help at the end of the year when you look at some of the uh, cause turnovers and, and you know, forced fumble numbers. Evan, before I let you go, and I know you do sideline reporting. I, I love doing sidelines. It's, it's fantastic. I, I've been trying to throw my name in the hat uh, to, to get on the Raiders uh, sideline uh, broadcast team, you know, on the, on the broadcast in general. But uh, we were talking about the new voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz, and uh, you know him pretty well. What are your thoughts on the new voice for the Silver and Black? Oh, I'm, I'm super excited for him. I, I've um, done uh, some basketball games with him on CBS Sports Network and, and you know, know a lot of the same people and, and he's just when I saw that come across as I was flying out to, to Vegas like yesterday I just thought it was a you know an awesome awesome opportunity for him and I think Raiders fans are gonna be pumped because he's in every opportunity I've had to work with him been a guy that's just, you know, no stone unturned, loves the opportunity to be on the call for games and big moments and I think you need that, um, especially with a hometown broadcast and a radio broadcast because you become really the, the voice that fans uh, hear. Nowadays, it's more, I think, about when you're listening to the highlights the next day, whether it be on radio or watching NFL films back or watching in-house content on the website. It's, it's that play-by-play guy's voice that, that's there for touchdowns and big plays, and I think you know, Jason's going to be um, perfect for it. So really happy for him and then you know, happy for Raider Nation that they get, they, they get a quality announcer. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Can't wait to hear him and Lincoln Kennedy on the broadcast. I think they're going to do a great job. Well, uh, Evan, thank you so much for your time, my man. We definitely appreciate you. I know you're traveling out later tonight, so have safe travels, and and we'll catch up soon when you come back to Vegas. Thanks, fellas. Always good to be with you. See you down the road. All right, there he goes. Evan Washburn from CBS Sports on the call all the time with uh, Charles Davis, Ian Eagle, uh, when they're here in Las Vegas covering the Raider games. And they've been here many times as we've had Charles Davis on the show a bunch of times as well. So uh, many thanks to Evan for giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon. And he's going to catch a red eye tonight and I believe fly out to Miami. So uh, busy guy. You know, and that's a, what a great job, right? Going uh, training camp to training camp, training camp to training camp, and then go back home for a day, training camp, training camp, training camp, back home for a day, training camp. I mean, just to be all over it. But the beautiful thing about it, and this is what he told me this this afternoon, was that gives you an idea. So when he comes back in September or October and he's doing a Raider game, he can say, hey, I remember when Devontae Adams and Derek Carr were working on their connection early in or late July, right? And, and that's part of the broadcast. You know, we always talk about how much preparation there goes into it, how much uh, you have to know about these different teams. And so to be able to go onto a tour like that and just check in, even if it's for an afternoon, just to get an idea of how the sausage is made, right? I mean, just kind of how everything is being put together. And, oh, man, I remember back in late July when I had that conversation with Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels. He said this, that, and the other. 
what we just saw that on this play right there. I mean, it just adds that much more. It's a little thing, little small nuggets, but it adds that much more to the broadcast. And uh, he's one of the best to do it on the sidelines. And, uh, again, you see me keep throwing that uh, opportunity out there. I keep throwing that, that, uh, that little – Throwing that little bait out there, throwing the little the worm out there into the ocean and hoping to catch that big shark one of these days. Uh, and someone say, hey, Q, I need someone to do sidelines. I know a guy. I got it. 348 is the time. Many thanks to Evan Washburn for joining us there. We'll come back, close out hour number two of the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. Only got a few minutes left in hour number two of the show, and it's really not hour number two. It's really the end of hour number one, but the show is actually a three-hour show. But the last two days, it has not started on time. Today, it didn't get started on time because of Aviator Baseball. Uh, they lost to Albuquerque 15-9. to And, of course, it was supposed to start around 10.30 this morning, but they had a, a delay, so it didn't get started until 11.30, so that pushed it back. And there's uh, in, in minor league baseball, if you're not a fan of watching or listening to minor league baseball, they score a lot of runs. So, again, 15-9 to was the final score, so you can understand why the game goes so long. So uh, we didn't get started until 3 o'clock, but we've already had a couple great guests, and Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, also, you heard from Evan Washburn from CBS Sports. He just joined us a few minutes ago. Definitely appreciate his insight. And coming up in a couple minutes, uh, we'll check in with Vinny Bonsignor. And it's funny, we'll actually check in with Vinny the next couple days. Um, DeMond did uh, pull the cue uh, on Monday. I was thinking that that Monday was Tuesday. And so today, DeMond was thinking that Wednesday was Thursday. So <laughs> DeMond told me, hey, Vinny's coming on at 4. And I said, okay, cool. And it's so funny. I'm standing out there at practice, and Vinny's standing right next to me. And I didn't say anything to him. I just thought, okay, cool. DeMond's got something going on with Vinny that he, you know, wants to have him on the show. So, cool, we'll have Vinny on at 4. And, and then all of a sudden Vinny texted me when I tweeted out who's coming up on the show, and he said, uh, am I on the show with you today? <laughs> I said, yeah, I thought so. That's what DeMond said. Well, DeMond, you told me, my bad, I thought that today was Thursday like you thought Monday was Tuesday. What in the world is going on? Maybe it's the heat. Maybe it's the heat's getting to our brains. I don't know, but I was, I was uh, like – totally off the grid on Monday. Like, I have no idea why I thought Monday was the 26th instead of the 25th, but I did. And then today you thought Wednesday was Thursday. It's like you're trying to get through the weekend so you and Kayla can go out later on. No, I've got my answer. <laughs> Yesterday, Vinny had already tweeted, you know, he's really trying to, you know, get some promotion going for his event. But so yesterday he tweeted, hey, c- come out and join me on Thursday. So uh, I just read it. I just saw that tweet last night, and I was like, oh, okay, it's tomorrow. Got you. That makes sense. That makes sense. Still doesn't make any sense why I thought Monday was Tuesday. I still have no idea whatsoever, except for I'm just out of my mind in uh, training camp. I really I feel for these players, man. I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like training camp has been even hotter this year than it was last year. You need nice bath too? Man, I'm telling you, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about running into the cold tank for a couple seconds because even when it doesn't look like it's super hot, all of a sudden I think when we get into the AC, you realize how hot it really is. Because all of a sudden you start to cool off and, you know, you could really feel how, how you're a little bit drained. So uh, it's, it's been a blessing to be out there. We're only six days in. First padded practice. I thought things went really well. Haven't seen too many guys get nicked up too much. I mean, Jonathan Abram and Roderick Teamer, they ran into each other, had a little collision on, uh, I believe, on Monday. Mon- no, they were off on Monday, sorry, on uh, Sunday. They, they had that on Sunday, and then they were off Monday, and uh, Jonathan Abram returned to practice on Tuesday. Roderick Teamer did not, and then today we saw Cleve Furrow limp off, and I don't know how serious the injury was to him. He didn't come back to practice. It's something that we can ask head coach Josh McDaniels tomorrow as we meet with him about 7.45 in the morning. And also, the one concern I do have, 
So far, my only concern that I have from practice at training camp is Zamir White, the, the rookie running back out of Georgia. He has not practiced in the last four practices. So uh, going to definitely, that'll be one of the first questions that we ask. And I don't know if head coach Josh McDaniels is going to tell us anything. You know, he's working on some things. It'll, it'll probably be very, very brief, whatever he has to say. But that is definitely something to put at the top of the list of, hey, questions to ask coach is about running back Zamir White. It's been four practices now that he has not been out there. And I don't think that he's going to be a big-time factor this year. I, I do think that the running back room is pretty well taken care of, but I do expect him to be a short yardage back. And you can't be a short yardage back if you're not in the game. So we'll ask head coach Josh McDaniels about that coming up tomorrow about 7.45 in the morning. Coming up next, we'll kick off Hour 3 of the show. Vinny Bossignor. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of him. He's uh, He's – from the, the morning tailgate, he was uh, out there with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang this morning at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Of course, he'll be out and about tomorrow at Pub 365. Well, he'll join us next. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.